welcome to the Faith at Work Sermon Podcast. I'm Pastor Jim Melvin. Since we're at the beginning of the Advent season, this week I'm going to put together a series of Bible verses that lead up to the birth of Christ in the Bible. On Christmas Eve, we're going to hear that wonderful story of Jesus' birth, replete with shepherds, singing angels, and a peaceful babe in a manger. What we will miss out on, however, are the just as amazing and important events leading up to that night, including angels announcing the miraculous births of John the Baptist and Jesus, Mary visiting her cousin Elizabeth and her song of joy. We can't fully appreciate Christmas Eve without understanding what leads up to it. And that's what I want to talk about today. And I hope they will increase your anticipation of the sacred time we call Christmas. So let's get ready. The story of the birth of Jesus is found in only two books of the Bible, the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Luke. If you read the first two chapters of these books, which takes only a few minutes, you'll get the whole story. And most of the story is found in the Gospel of Luke. Of today's readings, in six parts, one comes from Matthew and five from Luke. We begin with a message for Zechariah found in Luke 1, 13-15. The angel Gabriel said to Zechariah, Do not be afraid, for your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will name him John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be a great, great in the sight of the Lord. Here ends the reading. Our story begins in the Gospel of Luke with the prediction of a miraculous birth. No, not the birth of Jesus, but the birth of John the Baptist. It is a miraculous birth because Elizabeth, the woman who is to be mother of the child, is well beyond childbearing years. The story is very similar to Abraham and Sarah in the Old Testament, having a child in old age. The birth is announced to a man named Zechariah, who serves as a priest in the temple. One day, when Zechariah was serving his shift in the temple, the angel Gabriel appears to him, and Gabriel tells him that his wife will have a child. And this will be no ordinary child, he's told. Filled with the Holy Spirit, he's going to be a leader and prophet like Elijah, who will bring the children of Israel back to to faith and obedience in their God. Because Zechariah questions the angel regarding the possibility of such a birth, the angel strikes him dumb until the birth occurs. When Zechariah comes out of the temple, unable to speak, the people gathered there for worship realize that he's seen a vision. Shortly after, after that, Elizabeth conceives a child. She is thankful and sees this as a sign that God has blessed her in Zechariah. Unknown to her, the birth of her child will be linked to another extraordinary birth. We continue 
with Joseph's dream vision found in Matthew 1, 20-21. An angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you will name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Here ends the reading. Now our story shifts to a little town several days' walk north of Jerusalem named Nazareth. This is the part of the story reported in the Gospel of Matthew. A man named Joseph is betrothed to a young woman named Mary. Joseph has received from some disturbing news. Mary is pregnant, and it's not his child. He's decided that he can't go through with the completion of the marriage and is going to quietly dismiss her so that she would not be open to public disgrace. This was a serious and tragic situation. But just before he's about to dismiss her, an unnamed angel of the Lord, perhaps it was Gabriel, appears to Joseph in a dream. It was not unusual for the messages from God to come in dreams. The angel tells Joseph to go ahead with the marriage. marriage Mary's child is going to save all of the people from their sins. Their sins would include falling away from their traditional faith of Judaism. Now, like John the Baptist, he's going to be a leader of the people of Israel. Joseph follows the angel's instructions and marries Mary. The Annunciation or Announcement, found in Luke 1, 30-32. The angel Gabriel said to Mary, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. Here ends the reading. Now we return to the Gospel of Luke. The angel Gabriel appears to Mary, soon to be Joseph's wife, to announce that she's going to have a child whom she is to name Jesus. As in the case of Elizabeth, this birth seems unlikely, not because Mary is too old, but because she is too young. She was a virgin. And this child will also be special. He will inherit the ancient throne of King David, which means he will be the Messiah. Mary also asked Gabriel, how can this happen? Well, the answer is that the Holy Spirit will come upon her. In other words, this is going to be a miraculous birth in the truest sense of the word. This story eschews the rules of biology for the power of the Spirit. The most important part of the story lies in Mary's reaction. She totally submits to the will of God, saying, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. And now, the visitation of Mary to Elizabeth. 
found in Luke 1, 39-41. In those days Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Here ends the reading. Now our two stories intersect. Mary heads down to Jerusalem to visit her older kinswoman. We don't know their exact relationship, but her name is Elizabeth. It certainly doesn't strain the imagination too much to picture this young pregnant girl seeking advice and comfort from her aunt. What a surprise it must have been for the two of them to compare their unexpected pregnancies. I would suppose it might have even provided some joking and laughter between the two. But here's the miraculous part of the story, or both stories. As Mary approaches approaches, Elizabeth's baby leaps in her womb. Luke's words, not mine. The Holy Spirit seems to be working overtime because the Spirit enters Elizabeth too. There is a realization that the lives and the fates of these two babies, who have not even been born, are going to be inextricably entwined. That's why I believe that the story of the birth of Jesus is not complete without hearing about John the Baptist. And Mary's response, the Magnificat, Luke 1, 46-49. And Mary said, or sang, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor upon the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. And holy is his name. I've often commented that the Gospel of Luke is sometimes like a Broadway musical. People will be walking along, minding their own business, when all of a sudden they spontaneously burst into song. And this is one of those moments. Mary sings to Elizabeth that her soul magnifies or glorifies the Lord. She starts out by singing about what the Lord has done for her. She is a humble, pregnant, peasant girl. And she's going to be looked upon by the whole world as blessed. Come to think of it, she was right. She is still called blessed. That brings up the question of the adoration of Mary. The Roman Catholic Church has always emphasized Mary more in worship than we do uh, as Lutherans or other Protestants. As Martin Luther developed in his theology, he began to understand the role of Mary in a different way. But he continued to lift up Mary as someone who was faithful and obedient to God. Luther said about the Magnificat, here the tender mother of Christ teaches us with her words and by example of her experience how to know, love, and praise God. 
And finally, John is born. The story is told in Luke 1, 57-60. Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown his great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. On the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him Zechariah after his father. But his mother said, No, he is to be called John. Here ends the reading. Now our story comes full circle with the birth of John the Baptist. All of Elizabeth's relatives gather around with excitement and celebrate how God has blessed her with a child. Poor Zechariah is still mute when on the eighth day they take the baby to be dedicated in the temple. Everybody assumes that he is going to be named Zechariah after his father. Elizabeth says no. He is to be named John according to the instructions the angel had given them. Zechariah asks for a writing tablet and confirms her instructions by writing, He is to be named John. And at that moment, he can speak again. He not only speaks, he too breaks into song. He sings, And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people, for the forgiveness of their sins. By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Here ends the reading. So there you have it. Two families chosen by God to give birth to two babies who would change the history of the world. They would change the history of the world and the heart of each and every one of us who wait. On Christmas Eve, we will hear of the one who came to prepare the way. And then we will witness the light that has come into being in the world. This is the story of a birth foretold. Thank you for joining me today as we begin the wonderful and awe-filled journey toward Bethlehem to witness the birth of Christ. Join me in the coming weeks as we continue our journey. Till then, may God bless you and fill you with hope and joy and give you peace.